talking, and this is me singing now. Well, that's the way we're going to start the show today. Hey, everybody, welcome. I think I think we're short on one person, and we also have supposedly a special visitor because Uh-oh. I am looking around the room once again. It is a wiener fest here in the monkey cage. Sausages. Yes, and Sausages. I would be willing to bet that none of us went to see Hunger Games Mockingjay Part One on you opening. Are correct, sir. What's that? What, what is that called? What is it? It's yeah. Hunger. The Hunger Games. Mockingjay Part One, right? Am I getting that right? Yeah. When McGann gets here, the, uh, the the token girl of the group, he'll he'll have seen. Ooh, it. No, ouch. I think he was going to see Nightcrawler today. <laughs> no, that was me. I saw Nightcrawler. Oh, you I saw Nightcrawler. I saw Nightcrawler. Uh, you want to get right into thunder. it? He can't still. My oh, thunder. let's welcome Andrew. By the way, yes. a brand What's up, new Andrew? monkey. Uh, hello, everybody. Please take the oath. Normally, we'd give you the oath, but um, I, it changes every week. <laughs> so, uh, right, okay, raise your right hand, Andrew. Okay, raise. I state your name. I Andrew Fernandez. Now you've already failed. You've oh, already wow. failed. Now. It's the, it's the old Animal Damn House ads. bit. You didn't do it, yep. and so you're immediately out. Now, welcome, Andrew. Andrew is a talented improviser. He goes up to a lot of different indie shows in the group The Goats, or Goats, goats. just Goats. goats. Uh, we studied together at UCB, and, and what else you got going on? Uh, I have a sketch team called Friend Boat. Where, they, where do you guys go up? Um, around. We did a spank show at UCB recently, and uh, we actually put up uh, videos Try to do every week, which is ambitious. Uh, but yeah, we've been pretty good about it the last yep. six months. So. Yeah, you guys got some traction on that one with the what was the one with the guys? It was a parody of a very popular. Oh, uh, that yeah, was a, you know. that was a different team. That was uh, oh okay. We had a Dove well, never mind. Screw them. Yeah, they suck, guys. <laughs> no, it was which one was it though? Uh, that was uh, Dove Real Beauty Sketches. We did a parody of it. Yeah, with and guys. Today's show it was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So welcome, Andrew. Thank you. You were officially uh, a semi-official monkey. All right. So where was I? Oh, uh, all right. So Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler. You want to get right into that? Matt yeah. Johnson here, everybody. Yes. Matt Johnson. Yes, thank you. Thank you. No, there's no applause. Hey. Nightcrawler, no. because, you know, nothing says white meat at Thanksgiving like a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Um, <laughs> no. but I, been, Okay, you had that line in your back pocket all freaking day, didn't you? I just thought about it a little bit as I was driving in. No, because he's just like, the, you know, the, the whitest of stars trying so hard in this movie to be like the tough, weird guy. Okay. But I got to say i really liked it a lot i thought it was really good it's really dark movie um very bloody uh, for those people that don't know it's kind of about the underworld of these nighttime um not actual reporters in los angeles but people that travel around and listen to police scanners shoot videos of crimes and stuff and then sell it to local news very tabloidy and you know this character is disturbed and kind of ends up sort of crossing lines and that's really what it's about but what i loved the most about it was i thought it was it was all shot in Los Angeles, and I thought it was the coolest that Los Angeles has looked at night since maybe Michael Mann's Collateral, which I did like a lot at mm, night. Yeah. But, like, I love a good, like, nighttime Los Angeles movie that isn't just about, like, the Sunset Strip or yeah. downtown. This was very, like, Echo Park, Ventura Boulevard, all up and down here, uh, Granada Hills, just real kind of dark and dirty, kind of grimy 3 a.m. Los Angeles, which Ooh. is a totally different world. Yeah, you don't see that represented very often. What was the Gosling movie? Was that The Driver? Drive. Was that, uh, the drive. 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 Drive, yeah. Drive was another I, one. I, I Hated that movie, by yeah, the way. Yeah. But I thought that the that the tone they set in that was kind of the kind of in, most interesting, right. kind of seedy side of LA I'd seen in a while. Yeah, and Robert Elsbitt's the uh, DP of this. You know who did the who won the Academy Award for There Will Be Blood and stuff. So you know it's going to be shot beautiful. James Newton Howard did the scores. They got some big heavyweights behind the movie, and it's it's really well done. I I highly recommend it. I assume that's a world that exists that those guys yep. must be out there because that's such a prominent thing right now in like the TMZ world everybody's got a camera everybody thinks they're a stringer everybody thinks they're a reporter the first thing it made me think too is after watching it was how many people are going to see this movie be out of work and then go oh i'm going to start doing that because that's what the movie's about he's sort of just like one of those lost los angelinos who's out of work doesn't know what to do and then decides to pick up a camera and make a little bit of money look rob's all perked up now i'm thinking of going to sammy's camera shop and uh, (laughs) oh you've got one in your pocket already you don't need Uh it i'm talking about the iphone no (laughs) oh look look, again is here there he is McGann! Uh, grab, yeah, grab, grab a, a rolly seat, and you're going to share with uh, Matt there. Uh, From now on, we have to give him a George Went-like uh, cheer when he walks in the door. Yeah. McGann! McGann! 
Yeah, so now you have to be late every time. All right, it's a deal. All right, that's all right. Hey, McGann, this is Andrew, Andrew McGann. All right, well, yeah, save that for later. All right, so we just got the review of Nightcrawler. Repeat everything you just said, Matt. Did you see it? No. You didn't see it? I'll listen, I'll listen later. I'll listen later. It's fine. <laughs> I was just saying, you know, good nighttime, dark Los Angeles no, movie. No, no, no. Don't really repeat okay. the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. We can just rewind and start over again. We only not, have the not... studio till three. Yes. Got it. McGann, uh, Matt's the first person who's really kind of talked about something they saw. So, okay. uh, and, and I do believe we have somebody to review uh, Mocking. Uh, what did I just call I actually had the title. Mocking Jay. Uh, the Hunger Games Mocking Jay Part okay. 1. Is Jay Leno in this? Do yeah. people no. mock him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yes. no. No. Oh, but that's a great parody. Who's going to do that? Who's going to put that together? I don't know. I don't work here anymore. we got to write that up. <laughs> that's a good bit. Anybody see anything else this week? I, uh, I, I fell short and did not go see. I was going to try and see Whiplash today and then couldn't find a single theater that was actually showing it. It seems to be one that I'm seeing ads for everywhere. This is... Um, who's the kid? Uh, Miles Teller. Miles Teller, and who's the guy? J.K. Rowling. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Maybe it's not even called Whiplash. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, who I love. I love in everything he's ever done. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing more ads for it, and I'm seeing great reviews for it, and then I can't find a single fucking theater in town now that's showing it. Is it at Lamel? Is it at Lamel on Sunset? Or No. I mean, I think it's at the landmark. It was just bad times, you Got know, it. one of those things. But that looks actually really good. Yeah. Now, there's some good stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, who's seen what? Anybody? Honestly, I haven't seen any of these movies. Yeah, no, uh-uh. I've seen the previews All and right. I've seen the trailers. All right, and I've watched you. some of them over and over again, but I haven't seen them. All right, screw uh, you guys. Great documentary, by the way, that I just discovered on Netflix, uh, the Mel Brooks American Masters, which I missed when it was on PBS. But now it's on Netflix called Make Some Noise, which I think was from last year, too. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny. It's his whole life, his career, and you know he's probably eighty seven or eighty eight when they film this, and he's still just full of energy and full of life and full of humor. Look for that. Yeah, nice, really good. I remember when it was on American Masters, and it's is it the one where he's he walks in the studio? They've got like they show all the lights and everything, and he just riffs. And Mel Brooks has been really active lately because. They have been putting out, re-releasing a lot of stuff in box sets and stuff, and so he's been on a lot of podcasts. And the guy is as sharp as ever. I mean, really, as ever. He is as funny as ever. And uh, for anybody who hasn't ever listened to that old, uh, the 2,000-year-old man stuff, oh, my oh, God. Classic. Mm-hmm. It's just great. He, he kind of looks like a Sharpay now, but he's still <laughs> funny as all get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all going to be headed to that one day. I saw, I saw the craziest documentary on Netflix this week. Everybody check it out. It's from Morgan Spurlock. It's about the underworld of, like, adult 40-year-old men who love My Little Pony. Oh, Brony. It's what? called A Brony Tale. Yeah. It's yeah. called A Brony Tale. Yeah. <laughs> They're called themselves bronies. They have a convention. Are you about everything. to admit something, J.K.? No, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, no, no, he's Hello no, Kitty. No, no. We all know Hello that. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. It's strawberry shortcake, right? Let's get it. Is Bronies news to you guys? It, it was yes. news, it was news, news to, to me. me. I was just flipping around. I saw it, and I was like, what is this? So, I have to watch it. McGann, so, it's not news to no, you? No, 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 man. This is absolutely not. Bronies has been a thing for like four or five years. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a new mic for me. I'm not sure how to handle it I'm trying to teach you technique. Bronies is a thing. Stop it. Uh, uh, bronies, yeah, Bronies has been around for a while, like the last resurgence of, of My Little Ponies, which let's let's talk about the fact that we have both been alive, we've all been alive in this room, uh, between My Little Pony epochs now, right? Um, I didn't even know those existed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, it's, it's bizarre. So, so it came into fashion, went out of fashion, came, came back, back into fashion. Yeah, and, and there are a goodly number of, like, bros, bros in the world of okay. a- ages 18 to, like, 40, uh, who were just crazy about the show, uh, and you know it's it's all right. I've seen a couple episodes. I'm not a brony by any means. I just wanted to see what all the damn fuss was about. Yeah. So, all you voiceover people in the room, you would love it though because Morgan Spurlock takes the documentary from one of the voiceover actresses who does the show. She is invited to go to a brony convention in Florida. She's terrified. She okay. thinks they're going to be all psychopaths, yeah. you know, all perverted men. Yeah. So her and the camera crew sort of go on this journey across the country trying to discover the world of the bronies. And of course, it's Spurlock, so it's done really tongue-in-cheek. It's really well done. It's funny. But it's very creepy. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is insane. See, now, this is coming right on the heels of the hel- first Hello Kitty convention not too long ago, right? Oh, really? I think it was the very first one. It, it, locally? Does anybody sure, know about yeah. that? They have conventions? In- yeah. <laughs> 
Look, man, they have conventions for everything. I, do. I don't know why you're surprised about this. Man. Well, I'm not anymore because I think don't they don't have black exploitation conventions. <laughs> oh, oh, I bet they do. Oh, they do. I bet they do. I ain't seen nobody run around like Willie Dynamite ever. <laughs> New Beverly Cinema at midnight on so, Saturday. So when are we going to start one? Yeah, we should. Exactly. That would be fresh. All right. Um, Rob, uh, okay, you, you mentioned American Masters. Andrew, you're new to the group. Get up on that microphone. Is there anything you're like really into, passionate about, something you've seen recently that uh, you're digging? Uh, besides My Little Ponies. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Admitting. Uh, I mean, I just saw Birdman. That stuck with me. I don't know if you guys have talked about this on other episodes. Uh, Ga- but cool. Gabrielle, uh, who is not here today, uh, was the first person to review it and had good things to say about it. Yeah. I, I do like this like resurgence of... Uh, older actors finding their place as like comeback kids a little bit. Michael Keaton and Bill Murray had his time, and he's kind of riding the edge of that with St. Vincent and stuff like that. Right. So, uh, I, yeah, that impressed me a lot with Birdman. Um, yeah, I think. Also, I- coming from a director, I don't know if you've seen his other movies, but. He's does very dark things like Twenty One yeah. Grams and all that. Twenty One Grams, one of the most depressing movies ever. And yeah. then he did a a, a more uh, Maurice Peros, Peros which is a lot of dog fighting. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and Babel, uh, yeah, and those are really heavy, heavy, heavy movies. Sure. This doesn't look as heavy. Maybe no, I mean more it's, comedic elements. There's to comedic it. elements, but it's uh, yeah, it has its dark side. But it's yeah, that's probably the most recent thing that I that stuck with me in entertainment. So. Wow. Jason. I'm watching a lot of football. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Uh-oh. I mean, it's just, it's football season. Who do you root for? No, you you know what? You're just sitting there waiting for your freaking Allstate commercial to come on. Yeah. Send me a check. <laughs> <laughs> You're keeping tabs. That's the only reason why I watch. You're keeping tabs yeah. for sad. That's right. I'm going to be able to pay my rent. Who do you root for? Um, I, unfortunately, I'm, I'm well, a Redskin fan. Oh, boy. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm actually rephrasing that. I'm rephrasing that. <laughs> There was a time (laughs) that I was a Redskin fan. Yeah. But I am such an anti Daniel Snyder uh, opponent that I just, I'm at the point where I'm about to box up my jerseys and. Send them to old FedEx Field with a nice big FU letter. Now, <laughs> now it's, with you being a long time or former or, uh, I grew up or, in the seven. I mean, I was born in Virginia. With a conflicted, being a conflicted, conflicted Washington fan, how do you feel about the mascot thing? Oh man, um, <laughs> I get why he's not changing it. Yeah, business from a tradition and uh, yeah, and merchandise and all merchandising that. wise, I completely get why he's not changing that, and I understand where he's coming from. I don't agree with him. But I get why he's not doing it. But we, you, know, you can't stand on the outside and say, oh, well, it's not a big deal. If the Redskins is a name that's offensive to that group of people, even a portion of that group of people, then no one on the outside gets to say that it's not offensive. Because if it was the Washington Coons, they would be changing that shit quickly because I'm not having <laughs> right. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's so easy to stand on the outside and go, oh, well, we've been doing it for years and no one ever, you know, this is the way things have always been done. That's yeah. not really a justifiable reason not well, see, to change yeah, the name. Things change. Yeah. Things well, change. Well, not only they, that, well, they, I, they, I think they, you have an argument if you're the Braves, which sounds noble, if you're yes. the Chiefs, yes. which, uh, if, uh, but when you're a, I mean, is there anything positive in the connotation of the term <laughs> redskin? It was created by not the Native American, for sure. Yeah, it's not. There is no translation that I know of that comes from any Native American tribe that they refer to themselves as redskins. redskins. Yeah, they don't want to be called that. It just sounds offensive it's, when you put that is. focus on it. It is. And I would be cool with them going just to the arrow and calling themselves the skins. I think everybody would allow that and get away with that and be like, you know what? Let's just drop the red. Um, but hey, McGann, you wanted to jump in there? I, I, I kind of did. I, uh, I I was going to make a shirts and skins joke, but I just I, I didn't I hadn't have it all framed out you, yet. You, you go know? formulate it. I will. I'll, I'll be back in a second. We'll circle be ready back to say that again, Jason. I'll tee it up. I'll tee it up. But you know, like we we changed the name of the Washington Bullets because. Soccer moms were scared because it was all a violent name, and <laughs> let's rename it to the Wizards, and then let a seven-year-old kid rename the, the team. And I'm going, if I were a six-foot-ten point guard and a grown-ass man playing ball from the hood, 
I would not want to be a wizard. <laughs> and who knew that Harry Potter was just around the corner, yeah, right? Too. Especially a Grandmaster Wizard, those guys down south. Exactly. Oh, wow. That's, That's bad. That's bad. Now, here, here's something. Why don't they flip it and call it the Washington Pale Faces? That could be cute. That would be work. Yeah. All right. We'll put that in. But, I mean, he's Jewish. He could flip it and name it a Jewish name. There nickname, you go. The whatever. Wash- Washington Matzo Balls. Yeah. <laughs> Lachimes. I don't care. But stop offending the group of people that got pushed off of this land. The right. people who buy Barbara Streisand records still. Right. Wait. I can get political, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to try not I'm to. Sorry, who, I'm, who, who buys? Wait, uh, yeah, I've, I've totally missed that one. I, I don't know what I'm saying. He's, he's going to formulate <laughs> and come back. Okay, okay again, yeah, go. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. You want me to tee it up? <laughs> All right. Let's, okay, we got a pen in those. Is anybody taking notes? Because we're going to have to come back to some stuff later. We're going to have to draw schematic diagrams for yeah. some of this crap. You can stop and start start over right now if you want. Oh, just call God. it now. Matthew, could, it. Matt, could you just start with your Nightcrawler review again? Yes. And we'll go from there. Let's start there. Uh, Nothing says white meat like... Anybody else have anything that they've seen or they're passionate about? The Aaliyah story was not great. <laughs> Produced by Wendy Williams. It might have been the worst really? movie I've ever seen in my life. Really? It, was, it wasn't even really a storyline. It was like like uh, her, she'd be sitting there having a conversation with her mom. What's wrong, Aaliyah? Nothing, mom. I'm just not in the mood to write songs today. Well, you know, an artist's sophomore album is the album that makes everybody know whether they're a good artist or just a flash in the pan. Okay, Mom, cut two. <laughs> <laughs> really? It was awful. You are bringing this to life, man. That's beautiful. It was absolutely awful. Where did this, where was this? Lifetime. Oh. And, I, and, I, I, and, go ahead. Oh, obviously. I mean, of course it was on Lifetime. I mean, I, did she get beat at all? In uh, no. They, okay, all right. they didn't even have the rights to any of her music. Any of her music. So all the <laughs> oh, songs no. she was singing were cover songs of like of Sinatra. I feel like Lifetime <laughs> like, burns good stories by being on Lifetime. They yeah. Because that would have been a good st- I would have right, wanted exactly. to see that in the theaters. But, you know, cause what, what else? I mean, but there is no place else doing that kind of original TV movie anymore. Uh, Nobody does well, that. Nobody. I mean, sci-fi well, who, channel. Yeah, yeah, but it would have to have a shark shark yeah. in it or something. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Aaliyah, Aaliyah versus the shark yeah. yeah, yeah. yes. Well, I, I actually haven't, uh, because Ralph Garman is one of the uh, forthcoming, he actually came in this week, and we'll post it sometime soon, but Ralph Garman actually has a role in the next uh, big mashup sci-fi oh, special no. movie, <laughs> which is, I'm going to get it wrong, Lavalantula or la- oh, ter- oh it's 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 has somehow uh, tarantula? it's it's lava and tarantulas somehow maybe a, maybe a volcano starts spewing out tarantulas I don't know wow. coming soon to they a had, theater near you they had spider quake a while back where like the earthquake happened and like just thousands and millions of spiders oh. came out of all the earthquakes <laughs> really if it's a spider something and it's on and it there's a, a disaster that could happen. Chances are good it's going to be on sci-fi eventually. I love all those movies, though. Which is why watch for my uh, original upcoming script, Arachnocats. <laughs> Self-plug. I dig that. Yeah. Self-plug. I'm, I'm they still have eight, tr- l- eight tails? No, they've got, they've got eight legs and just like cat bodies. You know, yeah. they're, they're quick and nimble and distracted by wow. the webs they spin. Did they make if pe- there's are, any loose you know, threads on them. Can, are, are people allergic to them? I, oh God, I hope so. I hadn't even thought that far ahead. Are Let's the see, webs spun you, out I'm of fur balls? Ooh. You guys are, this is good. I'm glad I brought see, this up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, see. if anybody else, if we've got another pitch for sci-fi right now, because I've been, I've been trying for, you know, months now to get Badger Quake going, and <laughs> nobody's jumping on that I think one. the problem is, is you need to pitch that to the porn channels and not to... Uh, yes. yes. No, that would be Beaver Quake. I know, but I was going someplace different. Oh, sorry. That's right. Yeah. Is there Beaver anymore, though? Sorry. What? Yes. Is yes. there yes. beaver that? anymore? Yeah, I mean, right. I thought it was yeah. all it's prevalent up in uh, up in the north end of, of the, the north, valley. Yeah, the North Valley. <laughs> yeah. Got it. It, 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 it. I'm just saying. I mean, Please most you, of it's pretty much it, leave it to beavers on every bald, morning on MeToo. Oh, I see. Okay. Bald beaver. All right. So, are, are, is it an endangered species? I is think what you're it's saying. an endangered species. <laughs> I don't know if you could get away with calling a runway a beaver. I can't remember. Who referenced it recently? But somebody did reference the '70s as the Bush era, which I actually <laughs> kind of think is pretty true. great. All right. So, anybody else? Uh, otherwise, we'll go on to my topics. Because top of mind for me, uh, this, I, yeah, okay. go ahead, sorry, McGann. I got, I got Come on, McGann. But if you don't get up on that microphone, I'm going to leap across this fucking table. I, I feel I don't know Matt well enough to like put my arm around him. <laughs> is really is really what I'm saying. I I saw a thing right before I left the house today uh, that they're doing an En Vogue Christmas special. <laughs> 
on on uh, on actually on Lifetime, and I am both super excited about it and feel like it's a terrible idea because at the end of the day, anything you ask En Vogue for for Christmas, they're just going to tell you you're never going to get it, never going to get it, never going to get it, never going to get it. If I if I pre-thought my white meat, he pre-thought that. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Hey, look, I hope, I'm toes. hoping everybody walked in with something in their back pocket today. <laughs> That's great. Ah, they are. Squalia. Uh, Squalia? Squalia. Squalia story adapted for... White like Squall? A, exactly. I'm with you, brother. <laughs> I'm with you. They are doing the Whitney Houston story. Of course they lifetime. are. Oh, yes. Lifetime is? Yeah. Mm. Could we get one more too, scene yeah. from that Aaliyah story, please? <laughs> Can we get one more? All right. Hey, Aaliyah. What's your name? Aaliyah, what's yours? R. Kelly. <laughs> and see. Cut to. <laughs> and then he peed on her. That was, I mean, oh. that was it. It was that bad. Yeah. And none of these people looked like any of these people. Wow. It was really bad. Uh, is anybody excited? You, uh, there are some in the room that know the name Alan Winkus. He's somebody who used to work here. Mm-hmm. He has been working for years. And uh, by the way, he is... Uh, I, you know, couldn't we take votes? The whitest guy that the many of us know. The whitest white guy. And we all have for years been hearing about a script he, he, that he co-wrote called... Straight Outta Compton. Exactly. About... Easy e and the NWA, NWA. Yes. And it's finally becoming a thing. It's almost done. Yeah. And right. with, with some good names behind it. O'Shea Jackson, yeah. a.k.a. Ice Cube's producer. His a- son's playing him. Yeah. How'd he get that gig? I don't know. I'm not no, quite sure. You know, my agent sent me out for that movie. It Easy. Was, uh, no, yeah, I, there was some weird choices. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure you know what I look like? Uh, it's a strange thing. I think you need to change your agency. You could have played Dre. Thank you. Uh-huh. Got in the way with Dre. No, right. yeah, he did do that, and yeah. I, I've actually heard it was good. All I've right. heard. I'm looking good forward to seeing that. Yeah, good for Alan. All right, good for you, Alan. Um, let's take a big left turn here and talk about. Um, let's talk about Mike Nichols. Mm. Uh, that kind of really hit me uh, yeah. when we. Yeah. This just happened yeah, on Thursday that I found out about it. I guess that was uh, as we record this. That's yesterday. <clears throat> um, because there's a guy. I mean, if you, uh, th- Iceman, did you bring that the list of I did credits? Thank you for doing the research on it. Uh, but but here here you know his his <laughs> debut. <laughs> his, you get the little gold star. Uh, his debut movie was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Mm, right, crazy, right? Um, and then The Graduate was his second movie, and then he did uh, Catch Twenty Two, which I don't want to talk about. Carnal mm. Knowledge, The Day of the Dolphin, which is actually a movie <laughs> I have a great. Fondness for um, George C. Scott and a talking dolphin. I Ma love pa. Yes, thank you. Um, the fortune, Silkwood. Uh, Silkwood. Blue. By the way, does anyone remember seeing Silkwood in the theater? And then when they when Cher's oh. name came up on the credits, people in the audience actually laughed because at that time Cher was not an actress. Remember? She was not an actress. Yeah. Really. There was a lot of question mark about why she was doing a movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and she and the name Cher came up. I remember this because I saw the movie. People in the audience actually started tittering. Cher, <laughs> what's she going to do? Sing? And then he directed her to an Academy Award nomination That's for right. the movie. That's yeah. right. Wow. Uh, Working Girl, which was very big. Regarding mm. Henry mm. Uh, Wolf. Oh, boy. Uh, I liked the, Wolf. The Birdcage, which Bird a Cage. lot of people yeah. now are thinking of as uh, classic comedy. I, I also liked Wolf. Yeah. From, um, yeah, yeah right. with a young Jimmy Spader. Yeah. Uh, primary Colors. <laughs> Have you started watching Blacklist yet, speaking of Jimmy Spader? <laughs> no, it's banned okay, at our great. house. Greg, okay, just, just It's check. banned really at your violent. house? It's too violent. We're not allowed. Oh. <laughs> Such a good show. All right. Such a good show. That sounds like... That sounds like a female thing. <laughs> Angels in America, uh, closer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, just be, and also all the... Is that me doing that? Sorry. Is that really too loud? No, uh, do it more. Plus, you add all the kind of Broadway uh, that he directed. And, I mean, this was, this was a real artist, I think. Yeah. And you yeah, throw man. around brilliant and all that a little too often with people. But, uh, and especially considering that the very beginning of his career, he and um, Elaine May and their comedy... That they did, you know, back in the day when they call it party records, when people would put on party <laughs> records. Um, the comedy they did coming out of, like, sketch and improv and stuff was groundbreaking stuff that people hadn't seen before. And actually, if you listen to it, I listened to a bit uh, called Tele- – I think it's just called Telephone. But it's just a, a guy who's trying not to lose his dime in a pay phone, and he talks to three different 
operators and supervisors. It, and it's hilarious. And other than the fact that people have to kind of remember what pay phones are and, and that a phone call used to cut, cost a dime, um, it's, it holds up so well. It's so good. So, I mean, just a tremendous talent. Any of those movies really resonate with people? Because, I mean, to me, The Graduate, you could watch that now, and it's still so prescient in terms of kind of what it was talking about as far as that disaffected youth kind of thing and and you know looking to the future and and what he was able to do with that material and i don't know anybody mike nichols anybody i mean i think that one of the things when i was thinking about him was that not only you know is does his body of work stand alone it also is so representative of the time periods that they're made in and you know from the graduate to some of those later movies and me in particular i love primary colors i think it's a great movie i think it's a great indicative of what he is which is he can be serious with a little bit of humor and i think that was what he did so well in all of his movies a lot of heart a little bit a little bit of humor in everything he did um but always on topic of what he really wanted to talk about it wasn't just frivolous stuff yeah, I he directed from like he was able to. Sorry, uh, he directed from like the mind space of the character. Like every, if you look at the graduate, it's a struggle of someone coming out of college. If you look at you know closer, it's relationships and stuff like that. Even Catch Twenty Two, um, everything that he did, as different as it was, it felt like these are parts, these are stories that he had lived, which is a credit to him considering its diversity. Yeah, I did. Actually, you mentioned Catch Twenty Two because that's one that when it came out it was it was pretty much panned right away it was a big monstrous movie i I would challenge anybody to actually go watch cash 22 right now and just watch it for cinematically just how it's shot i mean it's this beautiful film it is a massive movie it has a cast list that's kind of ridiculous alan arkin plays yesarian i mean this what did it come out 1967 68 um, so the book had only been around a relatively short time at that point, and, and it was this huge bestseller, and it was much beloved, and it's probably unfilmable to most people. It is. It uh, absolutely is. Of course the movie was problematic. Like, it's an unfilmable book. Yeah, it kind of right? is. Absolutely. But he made something kind of amazing. If you watch, there, there are sections of that that are really affecting. And also, if you just spend time watching the number of people that are in it. After Alan Arkin, you got... Art Garfunkel has a role. Uh, I think Bob Newhart is in there. Mm -hmm. Orson Welles has a pretty prominent role. Uh, Every great character actor in the world. There are these massive set pieces. It is the widest widescreen you've ever seen. It's some of the most beautiful, you know, footage that you've ever seen. Um, And I find it kind of really watchable. I mean, it it doesn't quite match the book, obviously. But there's some really powerful stuff in there. And I could watch Alan Arkin do anything, frankly. So anyway, so uh, hail Mike Nichols for uh, some great work and some stuff. Definitely at least a handful of movies in there that will completely stand the test. I thoroughly enjoyed Charlie Wilson's War. Mm -hmm. I thought that was great. great It was a really good Mm -hmm. film, the way he did it. And married to... Diane Sawyer. Yes. Yeah. So he had game. Not yeah. everybody knows. He had game. He Thank had you, game. Jason. <laughs> hey, that's a high caliber female. That that's is. Right. I mean, you got to have a strong game to pull that. Absolutely. And he did. Never even thought of that. No, you see, you know what I mean? Like, I know. Women like that, they're not just going with some average jack off the street. You yeah. got to have something that you're bringing to the table. <laughs> And he brings a lot. She's like Queen of New York. They're out on she, the town every night. Were, she can be anywhere. Were. He's a boss. Yeah. He's a boss. And he was also in it. And, and then we can move on. Um, but <laughs> it's it's the idea that there are only a handful of creatives that have the clout and the technical and creative technique and skill set to actually tell the stories they want to tell. And, let, and Hollywood lets them do it. Right. Because they know what they're going to get back is going to be a masterpiece. And he was a craftsman. And for everybody out there that is in the game or wants to be in the game, be a craftsman. Be great at it. Yeah. And to and to Andrew's point, you know, a, a lot of his most successful movies, and pretty much all of them, were these individual stories. They may have been big movies to a certain extent or a lot of people or whatever, but even something like Catch-22, that's a Usarian story. That is a point of view. That's a, a state of mind. Um, and in that way, they stayed very consistent. I feel bad and my wife keeps telling me i have to go get it uh i have yet to see his version of angels in america and that is definitely on my cue so good all right um can i just say real quick before we go on i'm really excited for uh jack off the streets to be used out of context <laughs> uh, 
Say I laid that once, once this hits the airwaves. Yeah. Man is the I, think, I think we found our episode title. Check <laughs> off the streets. Yeah, Write it down. All right. All right. Uh, let us move on. Hey, um, one of the other things that I'm pretty excited about because I am a huge Breaking Bad fan. Mm. I consider that to be maybe one of the best series mm. yeah. ever made, yeah. ever, ever, ever. No I doubt. thought it was perfect. And, and, and it's rare when a show that good actually pulls off a finale in the way that they did, which, again, I thought was perfect. Right down to the fucking Bad Finger song at the end. Yeah. I, I, if I could have, I would have flipped over my coffee table, dropped the mic, <laughs> and walked out of my living room. You should have. I was so excited that they did it so perfectly. So I have all the respect in the world for Vince Gilligan. Yeah. So I want Better Call Saul to oh, be yeah. good. Yeah. At least, it doesn't have to be great. I want it to be good. So they finally set a premiere date. It's in February. Yeah. Um, have you seen the trail? I have seen little bits and pieces. I mean, it doesn't. Who, really... who is? A, let's see. A show of hands because that works great on a podcast. Who, <laughs> who has watched Breaking Bad start to finish? Me, all right, me. that's about. It's over half of us. All right. Yeah. So Andrew, are what's your take? Better call Saul. Do you have very a take? Very excited. Yeah, very excited for it. Um, I think that I personally learned a lesson with Dark Knight Rises to not get my hopes up. <laughs> People are not infallible. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, even as, as great and creative as they can be. Right, exactly. Because yeah. um, Vince Gilligan is involved with this show. It's it's a lot of the original, you know, behind the scenes staff, and he's consistently good. I mean, from X Files on, I've been a fan. So. Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm trying to hold back, but I'm. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think uh, Breaking Bad was one of very few shows that I got into as it was happening. Like I never followed Lost. I never had that weekly excitement for anything. But Breaking Bad, I did. What? What began? What? Oh, I was just. I was reliving Lost memories. That's all. <laughs> like, uh, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe we can get to that. Maybe that's grunting with lost happiness. That's, I don't know. Well, for uh, the first five seasons, yeah. yeah. Okay, exactly. And then as Jason? soon as they started giving me a paycheck, like, um, I think it'll be good. I, I don't. I think we have to manage our expectations. Yeah. Because it's not going to be Breaking Bad. Well, it's not. And it's a, it is one. It's a prequel. It takes right. place six years before the events that we know. Right. So uh, what I hope they don't do is what the second current Star Trek movie did. What a weird analogy that is. But you know what I mean? Right. It's like constantly make references to this familiar material that we know to the point that it's distracting. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Bob Odenkirk's uh, character. Yeah, he's great. And, and, and if that means that this show might be more comedic than it is dramatic, I'm good with that, too. I don't care if it has a slightly different tone. But I want it to be about those people. I, I, I'm fascinated about how this guy became who he became. Right. And if that's what they're going to do... I have high hopes for it too. Yeah, Matt, did you have? Something? I'm not overly excited about it to be honest. Really? I, I dated that girl. I don't want to date her again. You know, like seriously, I, I don't think I want to commit to that relationship. But I'm that, more excited about Vince's next series, The Battle Creek. I mean, he's on. He has two series coming out. You know, Battle Creek will be in 2015. But Matt, nice that girl, <laughs> that girl treated you so good. She did, and you didn't end badly with her right. so if you have it that good and it just ends naturally yeah. but there's a chance to have her back right. you want that girl back right. i'm gonna co-sign right. with matt saying though yeah i mean it might it was good it might be worth a booty call. right i was gonna say <laughs> me and jason are gonna booty call her a little bit booty call and then bit. we'll let everybody and know we'll tell y'all what's going if on. we're gonna continue All right. you know she might have let it grow <laughs> yeah oh. exactly oh, we're back to the bush exactly we're, we're back to gavin rossdale i like and there's that. nothing yeah. wrong with that i'm just saying you might be used to one thing and it might be something new yeah and you don't you might not like the new is there any way to work in jack on the streets in this, in hey, this? man i still don't know where i am right Honey, when, jack when off did you the go streets to the is gonna go street. in when did you go to the landing strip honey i don't remember that <laughs> whoa jack off of the streets is going to be one of the first characters on better all better call <laughs> Um, all right, we have, a, we have a special guest about to walk in the door, so we're going to need to give up the microphone. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Matt Sigmund. Yeah, welcome, Matt Sigmund. What? what? All right. All so recovered. Let's, let's pull Mike 2 up. And uh, Matt, if you Matt's only going to be here for a couple of minutes. Just pull that right up into oh, his Mr. face. Uh, hold on. Hey, there we go. Matt Sigmund is pull, – pull it up high. Pull it up uh, – yeah, I'll turn it down for a second so we don't scream at people. Matt Sigmund, what is your actually your role here at the Premier Networks in Sherman? I am the uh, head fluffer. 
No, no. Tell us your real job. I, I'm I'm a West Coast Engineering Manager. All right. So, uh, and also part of the podcast hosted by uh, Louise Palanker called yes. called uh, Our Place Out Loud. Yeah, if you uh, which is aimed at uh, the teen audience. Yes, uh, helps them work through problems, and that's. Uh, can I plug it? it yeah, of course. I, I'm halfway through now, so I may as well. It's essentially the exact opposite <laughs> so. of what this podcast is. <laughs> yes. So ourplacenetwork.com, if uh, if you're interested. It's also a great place to refer your teens. Now, so. And that actually segs nicely into why I've invited Matt in, who is not – he's an engineer. He comes from a technical background, but he's been around creative people. But he just so happened to have been at – the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1 last night. Yes, indeed. And yes, where so, I heard you. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's that's <laughs> another reason I wanted to invite you in, is to plug the fact that I'm in every theater bathroom and lobby that you can e- possibly Exactly. So, exactly. And, and first of all, Matt Sigmund, you're a grown-ass man. Yes. Are you a fan of the Hunger Games in the first place from the either the books or the movies, or is it because you are surrounded by women? Well, <laughs> that's how I got into it. I, I actually have been enjoying the movies now. Uh, but, uh, of course, yeah, I knew nothing about it, and I have a daughter who's now 14, and so we had to go see these things. Yeah. Opening day. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, this this one wasn't so brutal as the first couple, which we saw as Girl Scout events uh, in downtown L.A. at midnight. Whoa. Oh, it was. It that's was, a certain level of hell, man. That, that everything that's a, makes me want to kill myself. Exactly. <laughs> no, lie. that that's a certain level level of dedication <laughs> that you only do for your children. All right. So let's get the capsule review. The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part One was. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. It is. A much darker movie than the first two. Um, you know, it, it uh, for those unfamiliar with the franchise, it's a very dystopian future. Um, uh, you know, the the entire world is controlled by a central government that's very oppressive. Kind of reminds you of perhaps what uh, uh, Soviet Russia would be in the 21st century. Yeah, and deep here. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So and and the first couple of movies were interesting, but uh, 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 and dramatic. But this one definitely gets a lot darker with the uh, with the rebellion against the government and people dying, people getting hurt. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. By darker, you mean there's more black people. <laughs> <laughs> there <No>. are. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few excellent black awesome. actors in it, so awesome. uh, yeah. I'll go see but, that. Uh, no, and, and, and this one of the final case, Philip yeah. and one of the final Philip Seymour Hoffman roles, correct? Uh, yes. yes, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, right. and, and they didn't wrap they they didn't kill off his character or anything. I'm not giving anything away. I'm sure by now, but uh, so yeah, I don't be... know how they're going to wrap that. You know, there, there is yeah. a, a second half to this one, so a fourth movie basically. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how they're going to handle his role. Right. Because he is a he is a pivotal role. Oh, I think role they shot it concurrently. I yeah. think actually they shot oh, okay. everything. Yeah. All right. I was about to say they could cast him. Again. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's good in it. He definitely plays his role well, and he's 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 convincing. But yeah. <laughs> what McGann? What? No, 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 I was going to say I do look exactly like a uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Obviously, uh, a black Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. Clearly, <laughs> but Seymour. Uh, <laughs> All right, so The Hunger Games Monkey J Part 1 gets a dad's thumbs up. Thank you, Matt Sigmund. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Matt, are you a brony? (laughs) No, and and I don't even want to admit that I know what that is, but yes. (laughs) He knows what it is. (laughs) Let's see, but he's got, but he's got, he's surrounded by by estrogen, so we have to give him a little bit of a break. (laughs) It's a thing. It's It's a thing. It's a whole thing. All right. Thank you, Matt, very much. All right. Does that make anybody want to see it more than they did a second ago? I'll go see it just because I've seen the other two. Yeah, Thanksgiving's no. next week. My nieces, I'll go see it. Yeah, that's, that's same for me. I'm, I'm going to go see it. I, I saw the first two. I want to finish it out. I, yeah. I, it doesn't make me want to go see it anymore. <laughs> Might not see the fourth one because that's getting a little gratuitous. Just stop splitting shit up into multiple movies just to get wait, people to come wait, back wait, and wait, see Wait, 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 JK, why would you go see number th- the, the third movie and not see the culmination of the war starts. That's where all the fighting starts in the, in the third one, right? Right, right. It's all the battles, all the guy shit happens in the third one. <laughs> and you don't want to see you, that. And you're t- <laughs> I, I like that, that number three is where the guy shit starts, not the, like, 
brutalizing each other in like a one-on-one arena where they just kill each other all the time. That's not guy shit. Nah, that's, that's just not. like no. That was Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, right. That's just Gladiator in a space dome. <laughs> is this the one with the hobbits, or is that the yeah, next one? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, now yeah, last week we talked about '80s reboots, and one thing I neglected to mention, and uh, you just reminded me, there is a new Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. There is a one of the things we joked about texting afterward, and you missed this, Andrew, but uh, they jumped on my shit when I professed that I was not a big lover of the Goonies. I'm sorry. I'm Man. sorry. Not that you I weren't mean, a big lover of the friend. Goonies, but I that you that. hate the Goonies. You, I didn't say no. But no, the strongly word, no, I never said I hated it. I don't get it. It's terrible. You said it sucks since we got in the elevator. It's not, a very, it's not a very good movie. You posted something about that on Facebook, yes. and I hovered my cursor over <laughs> the block unfriend <laughs> area. <laughs> yes, exactly. Wow. I didn't. Wow. I didn't. I'm here today. I'm so here today. it's extreme politics, immigration, and Goonies. That's going to get people knocked off their also, friend list. Also, Nickelback. I mean, <laughs> oh, well. Um, and I, one thing I've neglected to mention, and we had talked about, you know, is there any 80s movies that should be rebooted, could be rebooted, like they've tried to do with Robocop, they're, like they're apparently doing with Mad Max? And one of the trailers that I forgot in that string of like 20 minutes of trailers I saw before Foxcatcher was not a reboot, except I couldn't help but think the whole time that this was. Uh, it's a movie called Chappie. It's by the guy mm. who made District 9. Yeah. Right. It is about this, you know, kind of sentient robot being. It literally looks like an updated short circuit. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. Number five is alive. Except he's yeah. got an accent. <laughs> he's got some <laughs> South African accent. And I'm a little concerned about this guy because District 9, I, I do think, is one of the most inventive movies I've seen in a long right. time. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. are we all in agreement on yeah, that? Absolutely. Yeah. And that Matt Damon piece of shit was such a big letdown for what I had in uh, oh McGann uh, Elysium is that what you're talking Elysium, about? Elysium, yeah. That Matt Damon piece of shit. I just want to make sure. Yeah, we're that. that <laughs> not uh, no no. We bought a zoo is what uh, I was talking uh, about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I love this guy's vision, but I wonder if we got everything we got out of him. I mean, I'm already you know making judgment on the yeah. guy. I don't know. It just seems like every time I see Hugh on screen without the blades in his hand. I'm not a big fan of the film. Like he doesn't like Swordfish. I wasn't a big fan of. Oh, Jackman. He's talking about Hugh Jackman. Jackman. Okay, Hugh Jackman. Sorry. Hugh Jack off the street. Hugh, I'm sorry. Hugh Jackman <laughs> off the street. Yes. I didn't realize you were on a first name basis with Mr. Jackman. I said Jackman. Oh. Uh, See. <laughs> He's not my homie like that, and I was not name dropping. But also, it's Hollywood. Everybody's on a first name basis with everybody, everybody. here, even if they're not really. I they, was thinking Laurie, 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 Hugh Laurie. I don't know. No, Jack. <laughs> yes, I Hugh like Laurie. him as an actor. Oh, my God, if they rebooted Wolverine with Hugh Laurie, I would fucking that would be awesome. lose my mind. <laughs> That'd be great. Come on, man, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Funny, yeah. snarky. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to actually continue on the '80s movie thing because after we had that discussion and I got so much response on it, I just kind of looked up some random uh, site of best movies of the '80s, and I thought we would scroll through. Somebody was trying to justify his choice. No, no, no. Uh I I was I just wanted to be reminded of okay, like here's 100. Greatest movies of the 80s, according to uh, a site I like a lot, Digital uh, Dream. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. He loves Digital it. Digital Dream Door. Well, it's. You it, want to get it right. If you, if they all look like that. It's a great listing website. Just all please, right. Please tell me the right stuff is on there. Uh, oh, I got to think the it's right on there, stuff. right? Because that was one of my favorite movies. That was a good movie. So, uh, I'm, is this uh, the website where we get the Katniss leaked photos from? <laughs> so, Lost in America. <laughs> uh, just give me quick yes or no's. Sure. Yes. 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 That's Albert Brooks. Yes. Yes. Stand by me. Yes. yes. Out yep. of Africa. Yep. Yes. Didn't see. Fatal Attraction. Absolutely. Mona Lisa. Last Temptation of Christ. Road Warrior. Sure. All right. Ferris Bueller. Yes. Oh, yes. Dangerous Liaison. Yes. One of my favorites, Melvin and Howard. So good. Never Local Heroes it. there. The Stuntman. Yes. Now, Never see, these it. are the bottom 20, yes. and I'm liking every single one of these right. so far. Yeah, Stuntman was a great movie. I have too I have too much respect for these movies the first time they came out to have them be rebooted. Like I feel like these are these are kids ch- uh, children of the 80s that are now running the studios, <laughs> and it's just like a cyclical thing to where when – this generation grows up, it's going to be another round of reboots of reboots. Mm-hmm. 
I will say the one yeah. movie that I've been thinking about that I would like to see, and it's actually a 70s movie, I think, but Warriors. The Warriors would be oh, yeah. Yeah, that would awesome be good. to be Okay, rebooted. you know what, that dude? One, that That's kind of brilliant. Yeah. They actually, they were talking about that for a minute uh, a year or two ago, like right after the video game came out. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, awesome. I have the Warriors yeah. Xbox yeah. video game. Yeah. It's awesome. Jack That's, people as up, a man. movie, yeah. it, like, I feel like it's a classic uh, premise, Can but not... you dig it? Yeah. <laughs> Warriors. It's, and it's such a... And it's such a weird movie too. I, I mean, it. it was weird then. Yeah. I mean, it's it feels like a fable, but there were a couple. Walter Hill. Remember Streets of Fire? Did anybody see yes. Streets of Fire? Oh, yeah. They could read. They could read. They could redo that one. And make that's it better. a weird one too. That's that's one of those. They they both kind of seem to take place in a in a in a world that doesn't really exist. But but you kind of want it to. How know? about like the Legend a, of Billie Jean? <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> what? The, what? The Reboot that. Helen, Helen Slater? The Helen Slater. Helen yes. Slater. Supergirl. Slater says, yeah. Supergirl. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Well, and my, my point to all this fair is, is that there are at least 100 movies on this list of, of movies that happened in the 80s that I'm sorry. There's are, at least 100 movies on the 100 best you movies know what? of yeah. the 80s list? <laughs> no, because it, they, they also have 20 more movies worth mentioning. All right. So what, are the middle, what are the middle five? The middle five? Right in the middle? <laughs> Uh, uh, Chariots of Fire, Salvador, Oliver Stone movie, Tender Mercies, The Little Mermaid. Yeah, that was like eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Oh my God, is that that old? Yeah, Yeah. late eighties. Atlantic City, the Louis Malle movie, Mm -mm. Uh, Wings of Desire, Vim Vindas. Uh, those are the middle ones. You, you want to know above the what, no, no weird <laughs> science? Come on. Uh, Where's no, weird science? I do not see Where's weird some kind science? of wonderful? Where's the last American oh. virgin? Where's oh that? God. You had a very different childhood, I think. <laughs> uh, here are the top five according to this list. DigitalDreamDoor.com. Uh, Raging Bull, number one. Okay. E.T., number two. Uh-huh. Raiders, number three. Uh-huh. Amadeus, number four. Yeah, really? I, I mean, I love that movie, but uh, Platoon, number five. Mm. Yeah, Ghostbusters? Oh, Blade Runner. Sure. I think you have to have one of the John Hughes movies up in the top five just because yeah. it defined the decade. I, 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 teams, I, I don't yeah. think so because they're not very good movies. Breakfast Club. No, no, don't you slam oh, your headphones down. Yeah. I did the same Every thing time. last week. No, when no, he said no. The Look, no. Right? The Goonies. No, I, I took mine off when he said Coming to America was not Oh, that's right. Oh. Well, the, Coming to America is okay. It's you just are okay. out of your mind. No, here's the thing, guys. You have to kind of understand what, as a child, as, as a certain time in your life, those movies have an impact because of who you are, where you are, what you're doing. Absolutely. And, and because I'm older than everybody in this room except for Rob, um, I have a different experience. Than that. I mean, like for me, that would be the movies you're talking about. Mine would be like Bad News Bears, you know, that kind Great of. Great movie. Yeah, I love it. Yes, the remade one. The one with Billy Bob Thornton. So good. <laughs> Walter so good. Matthau was a hack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying those those uh, and the John Hughes stuff probably resonates with some of you guys more than me because I was past so my kind of you were, you were in your twenties, right? <laughs> I was well, I was late teens and early twenties when a lot of that stuff like Breakfast Club. I recognized those archetypes, but I didn't care about those people at all. Was Clue in the 80s? It was, right? Mm, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> Are yes. you going to defend like Clue 86. right now? Okay, hang on. Are you? No, I, no, no, I no, no. Clue. No, no, no. I'm, are you about to defend Clue? Defend it? No, I just would like to see it remade. Like, if we got to remake a movie, oh. let's talk about doing a Clue remake. Remake a movie that's based on a board game. I mean, look. Battleship. Like, <laughs> yep. There we go. Can can we just go around the room and raise your hand if you were actually in the movie Battleship? <laughs> oh. Whoa. How it was down. the check? Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are listening at home, Chris McGann is in Battleship. I am. It's true. Um, you know, I, I will tell you that it lost so much money I actually had to pay them residuals. I <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's but a terrible that, movie. It was question, awful. question, again. Were so you bad. on? Were you on set when Rihanna said, "Boom"? Uh, no, actually, I wasn't. I wasn't. They, I would like to actually hear water. Jason Kelly recreate that scene as <laughs> as as Aaliyah. As Le- the, which scene? The, 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 the boom scene. <clears throat> boom. Same thing. Same scene. Thank you. Damn, Thank man. You. Uh, you know, the thing that pisses me off is that we're going to even get you more work just from doing this know, kind of right? crap. It's like you don't need any more work. Question. I do. Uh, uh, on that list of uh, greatest 80s movies, is Eddie Murphy's The Last Dragon on there? That wasn't Eddie. Yeah. That was Barry Gordy. Oh, don't. Wait, well, what was the Eddie Murphy movie with the dragon? There, oh, there was uh, Mo- the Golden uh, Child. Golden Child. Mulan. Mulan. Oh, Are you thinking of Mulan? 
No, Golden Child. <laughs> Mulan. Yeah, he was in Mulan. No, Golden Child was one of the biggest bombs of the yes. 80s. Yes, but it was That's so was great to watch. To so good. Yeah, it was so good. Oh, who's actually... Who bust your ass. Who, speaking bust of bombs in the 80s, and I can't wait to talk to him, Michael Lehman is supposed to be in this room at some point, who made Heathers. Oh, a, I love a, Heathers. A, a, another kind of very much of the time... 80s movie. Uh, you know he's going to throw us right under the bus to him. No, no, he's no, going to no, go, no. I've been here with all these 80s guys. Right. They love movies that aren't classics. He's going to throw us right under the no, bus. No, I am wait not. And see. Yeah. But he also directed Hudson Hawk. Yes. So, he, had one of, so yeah. he made one of the biggest bombs of the 80s. Yeah. And he's very open about talking about that now. I can't wait to hear it. I'm not 100% sure that movie was a bomb on the page. I think on the, on the page it was probably a good film, and I think it got jacked up in the edit. Oh, I think it got jacked up in the filming. I mean, from what I'm hearing, and, I, and, and the, Michael will clear this up, but apparently Bruce Willis was just completely about it. it just you could not talk him into doing anything. He that. had his his own mind in, in that one. Speaking of Bruce and it's Willis, a fucked up movie. It's really weird. Yeah, was, Speaking of Bruce Willis in the '80s, how about Death Becomes Her? Can we remake that one? <gasps> oh, by the way, where is um, Blind Date with Bruce Willis and Kim Basinger? How about we remake Moonlighting? Yeah. Yes. As a series. With who? Who would we remake? Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard. They're not doing anything now. <laughs> right. <laughs> All he does is more Die Hard movies, and Sybil Shepard, she's just getting wrinkled someplace. Let's Die Hard that. number 22 on this list, by yes, the way. That's right. Okay. Uh, Die Hard's number 22? Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Is that is that high or low? I think that's high. I mean, I, th- I think it should be closer to the top. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's me too. a quintessential action movie that everybody's copied since. Totally. Yeah. Everybody. Is uh, Electric Boogaloo on there? <laughs> breaking 2? That's behind yeah. Breaking. <laughs> and Crush Groove. Yeah. Oh, Crush Groove. I remember Crush, Crush Groove. Come on now. Oh, what's Sheila the... E. Sheila, Sheila E. E. Force MDs. Oh, yeah. Tell you, man. That was Crush a, Groove. That was a let's put on a show sort of Judy Garland, Mickey Rooney movie, but everyone was wearing Dayglo spandex. Mm-hmm. That's what that movie was. And it was all black and Latino. Yes, it was. Bra- uh, breaking Bo- uh, So why did I see it? Because <laughs> it had music in it. it. Why oh, yeah. did you see it? It was a musical. All right, what else is on my list today? Uh, where's my list? Wait, is Wayne's World in the 80s? Because that's another one I would mm. like to have remade at some point. Yeah. What? Wayne's World was yeah, late 80s, yeah. It was like 89, 90, 80, right? Yeah, on the bubble. I, I, don't know, I don't know who I'd get in there as Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, but... Uh, I could I could go for a Wayne's World three. I'm not going to lie. How about now that the technology's better? Not necessarily a remake or a, a reboot, but how about another Roger Rabbit movie? Mm-hmm. No, no, mm-hmm. do it. Why, I, I, Jessica? I, well, I mean, yeah, Jessica Rabbit has not I aged see well. That shit in three yeah. D. <laughs> yeah, see, heck yeah, I want to see that bitch in three D. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Not, that'll, be, that'll be 4D. <laughs> 4G? 4D. 4D surround 4D experience. Oh, All of my it. God. I want to see that. <laughs> wow. Damn, JK on fire look, today. I mean, she, I mean, look. Look at, well, Jessica Rabbit, and I'm not a fan of Kim Kardashian, but Jessica Rabbit, <laughs> they, like, Kim probably got notes from Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> Little ways, big titties, fat ass. Wow. Hair over her eye. And speaking of Kim Kardashian's ass, thank you for segueing into this. Oh boy. Here's something that I'm over. I'm over of people doing parodies of the Kim Kardashian ass. Oh, yeah. Crazy. yeah. Seven that, days later, right? Yeah. Last, last week we were impressed with how quickly they're cranking them out. Seven days later, we're tired of them already. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the internet. Well, like, today some right? ESPN guy posted. Oh. He lost a bet or something, and, and so he's now posting with his butt sticking out. I don't need <laughs> to see a guy from ESPN. Oh, bless ass. you. Excuse me. Okay. You get... 24, 48 hours on any gaffe in the public eye. You get 24 to 48 hours to put something out. If you don't, it's passion. Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. It, the problem, though, is that the story of the week doesn't lend itself to funny parody. Because no. Bill Cosby and alleged sexual assault and rape oh. doesn't make for funny comedy bits. No, but he needs it. to keep Fat Albert in his pants. Come on. Has to. Was it Fat Albert? It might be. I, mean, I don't look, know. If you're going to take it a character, Rudy, is there a mush mouth joke in mush there? Mouth, is that right? it? That's exactly where I was Sorry, going. Sorry, McGinn. Sorry, McGinn. Glad you beat me to it. That was the one in my back pocket. Sorry. <laughs> so, but then, let me ask a serious question because this has come up before with um, alleged scandals of artists, and I think I put this in my email. If anybody reads those goddamn things, um, Woody Allen and what he's gone through, uh, Roman Polanski, which has come up again in recent years because he was re- a few years ago nominated for an Academy Award. And they went through the going way back. Elia Kazan, who made On the Waterfront, but also has this stigma because he named names. Right. 
during the uh, blacklist period. So when people have either been accused of or convicted of or have admitted to bad doings and they're an artist, does it impact how you view their art? No. No? No. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it does it affect will it will it affect their legacy? Absolutely. It, but, but do you reject their art at that why point? Why should I? I'm just asking. I, think, I don't think I should. I mean, Joe Paterno was one of the greatest college football coaches ever in the history of college football. He turned a blind eye to some bad shit that went down, and it fucked this whole. Excuse me, language. It fucked this whole legacy up. Um, we need to worry about language at this. No, point. but it, it it effed off his whole legacy, yeah. and he it, it got eradicated. But it doesn't change the fact that he was a great football coach. Yeah, I, I agree with J.K. I, I've been thinking a lot about it um, uh, because Bill Cosby was a big part of my childhood. Um, I my, my mom was not really into music, so I grew up listening to his stand-up routines over and over yeah. and over again. That's I all, had, that's all I, I, had his, I had comedy. I had his albums before Russell, I had... Brother from who yes, was yeah. oh, that was, God, my first, so that was the first record I ever owned before I owned any music. But before I before I knew that I was good at memorizing things, I was memorizing the, the dentist routine mm-hmm. and could tell yeah. which album it was off of by which pieces he left in and which he left out, right? Um, and so... So I've been thinking a lot about it, and I think a big part of the problem is we treat celebrities as, like... Infallible. Infallible. Like, no matter what industry they're in, if they're artists, if they're actors, if they're uh, musicians, if they're athletes, and as soon as you put them in that pedestal, like, you put them in a situation where it's either their art and they're great people and you idolize them, or they're terrible people and they should be reviled, but the two are so completely separate. How many rock stars are terrible fucking human beings (laughs) who put out great music, Right. right? How many right. rabble-rousing artists out there who are probably awful drunks and like like Jackson Pollock, right? Mm-hmm. He was right. abusive and yeah. And, well, that's what I, that's what I was thinking is it, it's a fine line to walk when you want to say, well, I'm just not going to enjoy a certain movie or TV show because there's bad people involved. Hey, this is Hollywood. There's bad people involved Everywhere. in every project right. we've talked about. Yep. Um, I think what it is is you know we might not like him as a personality anymore, as a comedian on stage, as a talk show guest or whatever. But, you know, I can go see Woody's movies or, you know, go see Polanski's movies because I'm not dealing with them directly. I'm not I'm not thinking about Woody and Roman Polanski. I'm thinking about the movie. Except, I mean, one of my favorite movies all time. I can't remember if it's 80s or not. Manhattan. Oh, I thought you were going to say Leonard Part 7. I was really excited for it. (laughs) Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad was mine. No. (laughs) And you took it away from Rob. you got to be faster. These young kids are a little quick on the trigger (laughs) here. Um, Manhattan, one of my favorite movies all time. I love that movie. However, after you see, after the accusations, after what Mia Farrow said, whether you want to believe any of that or not, you watch that movie and you remember... That character is shacking up with a character by, played by Meryl Hemingway who is 16 years old, yes. and they're doing it. And, and R. Kelly was married to Aaliyah when she was 15. <laughs> and could you reenact that moment yeah. for us, J.K.? Hey, Aaliyah. Yeah? <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> Aaliyah. What's yours? R. Kelly. <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. See, I, I'm creeped out just by hearing that. I piss on you. <laughs> but I, I have a little trouble watching Manhattan now, watching those scenes, and it, because that comes back to me. That doesn't mean I don't still have a great deal of respect for the movie, and, and Woody Allen made some amazing stuff, but it, it has affected my enjoyment and my viewing of it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I guess I just want to have that discussion because people talk about this all the time. You know, do you, can you separate the art from the artist? Well, I think sometimes it's, sometimes some of that dirt, I hate to say this, but sometimes some of that grime that we don't get to see is what's driving that art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think another all thing, too, um, with the whole Bill Cosby thing, like he's, he's obviously, there's a ton of women coming, up, uh, coming out and saying this. NBC, you know, took away whatever was in production. That's understandable on the part of NBC. What I didn't, I don't agree with is TV Land, like taking all of Cosby Show off yep. the air, yeah. and like I think that's outrageous to to hold his work in the past accountable for mm-hmm. accusations that are made today. Yeah, but I think also part of the problem is, and this is tangentially political, but <clears throat> I think we're getting into a dangerous time where mob justice is yep. starting to rule. Yeah, and. If we go because back to of, Daniel because Stern. of social media, because of yeah. social yeah. media, yeah. and because people, everybody's got a voice, and everybody actually, no, the no, masses no, no, ner- no, it's a tiny little percentage that right. has a very loud, voice. a very loud voice, yeah. and and people are 
the the, the powers that be get afraid of that bo- of that voice. Um, you know, Donald Sterling did what it was that he did. I genuinely don't think that we should have been privy of what of what actually happened in that situation. It was made public. I didn't like it, but should he have lost his should he have lost mm-hmm. his his team? I don't know. I'm not. I'm happy that he doesn't have it, but it's this mob mentality that is running rampant, yeah. and it's now to the point where all you have to do is accuse someone that's, of doing something. That's always been true, though. I think to, to a, a large degree. I think the accusation stings harder than any truth. Yeah. Like it always, it always has. Well, that's because it's the story, right. and then when the actual final result comes out, usually the story is way in the background, right. yeah, and the person's destroyed. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think Bill Cosby's uh, a lot of – you were talking about mob justice, J.K. I Mm. I think that a a lot of what made this worse and more public was (laughs) Bill Cosby's PR guy putting the uh, the make make gifts out of Bill Cosby's faces thing online. Oh. Right within within four hours, there were like a thousand like rape jokes that he that were made in on these memes. Uh, once the accusations started like trickling in, so it got a lot of press, a lot of play, a lot of awareness because they try to get in front of something in the stupidest way possible, you know. Um, so it really is. It's it's a mob mentality, and I'm glad I don't. I'm not in a position where I have to. Uh, d- determine any factuality or, or any of that shit. I right. want that on. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of weight. All right. Well, wow. Let's not end on that note. No. Um, <laughs> can we? Uh, can we'll we go back s- to McGann's joke? He's been uh, prepping all. all uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. That's so all right. What was? I, I forgot what it was. Oh yeah. Okay. The skins, shirts, and skins. All right. all right. And can we please stop talking about Nick Jonas? Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a weird setup. Now I feel uncomfortable about it. Um. So yeah, I guess if they if the if the Redskins change their name to just the Skins, uh, um, shit, I got nothing. I can't, I can't make it work. I can't make it work. Let's let's go back to my En Vogue joke because okay, I feel yeah. good about that one. That was, that was great. One. It was pretty great. And right. now I kind of want to watch that. Hey Larry, what do you uh, what do you want for Christmas? Doesn't matter. You're never gonna get it. You're never gonna get it. 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 What a man! What a man! What, what a, mighty, a ma- what a mighty fine man! <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, so hilarious God. to me. I'm just in a room That's with great, the whitest white dude. <laughs> oh, and he's feeling in vogue. That's awesome. Look, man. I, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I grew up in like the the 80s and the 90s, right? So when it, when En Vogue was blowing up on MTV, I was right there at home watching videos and this shit, man. Like I know, I, I don't know. Those are kind of things that stuck in my fucking All head. Right. Right? I can't. Uh, um, by the way, I, just to kind of wrap up the whole Bill Cosby thing, one of the reasons that... Wrap up? I, really? Well, you want to... Really? I'm just saying. <laughs> is... Ma. I guess what I was going to say is that perhaps one of the reasons that I have a little difficulty with the Goonies is because of the behavior of Corey Feldman, and I can't separate the two. So, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Jay, let's go around the room. Thanksgiving is next week. There will be no Friday podcast because I will be on, uh, probably on the couch with a swollen abdomen full of, <laughs> of carbs. carbs. Jason, uh, where can people find you, and what are you thankful for? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at jkelly72. K-E-L-L-E-Y 72. And what am I thankful for? I'm really in love with my girlfriend. Yeah. Gotta keep it real, man. You find a good woman in your life. That's right. That's all she wrote. McGann, get up on that microphone. Where Uh, are you and what are you thankful for? The McGann at uh, almost everything. The uh, Instagrams, the the Twitters, you know, all of them things the kids like. Uh, And I am thankful right now that I am no longer in the Midwest because fuck 12 feet of snow. (laughs) That shit is awful. Matt Johnson, you have yes. a very cool event coming up at the Hollywood Improv. Can you plug that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then tell people what you're thankful for. Yeah, definitely. Oh, here, let me get my, my little cheat sheet here. Yeah, so I'm doing like a throwback to like a great kind of um, old storytelling show at the Hollywood Improv where I'm getting together comedians and some celebrities and just having them come up and tell some of their favorite holiday memories. I love those kind of old throwback shows of like Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye just coming up and telling stories. And uh, so we're going to have a great storytelling show called Yuletide Yarns on Wednesday, December 17th at uh, the Hollywood Improv. Uh, Steve Byrne's going to be the host. Christella Alonzo, Brian Callen, Roy Wood Jr., Adam Ray, Deborah Giovanni. Rob's going to be there doing music with the 
jazz band, Mighty Mighty Mistletones. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So uh, come on down. It's going to be a great kind of just real kind of fun, homey night, a lot of, lot, of, lot, of, uh, lot of laughs. And it's all going to charity. It's all going to Midnight Mission uh, Los Angeles. Very and, cool. And uh, you, you have can, a Facebook page, yeah, right? Yeah, find that at facebook.com slash storytelling. And kids, uh, cho- uh, Thanksgiving is one of the number one days people choke, so uh, no choking on, uh, on Thanksgiving, uh, especially my Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Andrew Fernandez, yes, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, where where can people find you? What do you have to plug? Uh, find me on Twitter and all of my seven tweets uh, <laughs> at Frank Warden. <laughs> you just gearing uh, up, or yeah. you just have nothing yeah, to say? I just don't. Uh, I feel like I'm just talking into space. Um, my <laughs> sketch team uh, just released a new video this afternoon. Uh, it's Friend Boat. Just Google Friend Boat Comedy. Um, and what I'm thankful for is, uh, I guess, the very talented comedians I work with to uh, do shit for uh, free. <laughs> Friends doing stuff for free is always a good Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Always. That's what Los Angeles is based on. I, Rob believe, I believe it's called Snark Monkey, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> oh, wow. That's right. Uh, uh, as you know, I actually, I went to my mailbox here at Premiere, and for the first time in a couple of months, apparently, because somebody, as a thank you, sent me some Halloween Christ Krispie <laughs> treats oh, that snap. I just found. Those, Very those nice. look that so dry. And, and you ate one. I, I tried one just to see. Can and, you just have those out as, just as displays? I don't <laughs> Uh, because I helped this woman, uh, and I'll, this is a show busy thing. Thank you for your expertise on my eye zombie episode. I could never have pulled off this murder without you. Um, okay. You're going to eat those cookies? <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. I'll tell it in a future episode. But I actually gave helped with plot points on how a disc jockey could be murdered in a radio station. And you're going to eat those cookies? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob, I mean, what, do you, what do you got going on besides the improv thing? And what are you thankful for? Well, you can find me on uh, Iceman Tweeteth on the Twitter. Rob Eisenberg on Facebook. That's with an I and a Z. Uh, I am uh, busy working on Matt's uh, show at the Improv that's coming up. I'm also very excited. On Thanksgiving night uh, on Fox, there is a special called Fox's Cause for Pause, an all-star dog spectacular that my friend Michael Levitt is producing. And I wrote a parody song of All About That Bass that's going to be on there called All About That Face, about cute little doggy faces. And it's to raise money for uh, shelters, dog shelters, to bring awareness to rescue dogs, things like that. It's uh, co-hosted by Hillary Swank and Jane Lynch, and I'm just really honored to be a part of it. I really am. So you have confirmation your song is going to be in the thing? I do not, but, oh. I, am, but I think it will be. <laughs> Jeez, uh, bring the room uh, down. Everything oh, no. is, uh, right. is pointing to that. And uh, I am thankful for being married to a wonderful gal. Cindy, I am thankful for... Being able to be a part of Snark Monkey and have a, an hour or two on Friday where we can just talk with creative friends and have a lot of fun. And uh, I'm just passionate about creativity and uh, hopefully finding another outlet for my passion very soon that has a paycheck. Yes. <laughs> we wish so basically what me same. and Rob are saying is we do stuff for charity and the rest of you guys suck. <laughs> basically. Yeah. I do things for myself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's my favorite charity is yes. Jason. Uh, yes. And Larry, you. what about you? Well, uh, you can find yeah. us at the Snark Monkey or on Twitter I am at Larry underscore Morgan and uh, in all seriousness which is a weird way to lead into this I am thankful for the fact that that you guys can do this and that there is an outlet for us to talk about and that there is uh, the, the most fun thing for me to do is to come in here and laugh. I, be, just being able to laugh and be around funny people, that is such a therapeutic thing. It's such a cliche about laughter is the best medicine, but it is such a good feeling to walk out of here and just have been made fun of stuff. And, <laughs> and also, but just to be passionate about something. I love creative people and that's why i like having you guys here with me so i am thankful for you Thanks, brother man. Brother man. so Brother let's wrap man. things up if we could wrap things up i would like now to have um jason e kelly uh reenact a <laughs> a moment that a deleted scene from the Aaliyah story okay um it's Thanksgiving morning. Yeah, that's right. And and it's Aaliyah, it's Aaliyah and R. Kelly talking about what they're thankful for. Damn, nigga, stop peeing on me. <laughs> Thank you. They're Snark Monkey, everybody. <laughs> Get a monkey. Get a 
monkey. Get a monkey!